1: Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, I've been doing a City So Real series for the last, this will be my fifth one. City So Real, uh, the great sensational movie documentary by Steve James about Chicago and its politics. And each uh, week for the last uh, five weeks, I've had uh, somebody uh, connected to City So Real on the show. I had Steve James, I had uh, Neil Salas Griffin, I had Ricky Hendon, I had the Tuttons from The Hideout, Timmy T and his wife, Katie. And uh, now I'm really happy to bring on an old friend of mine, the great, the legendary, the pride and joy of Bolenbrook High School, hey! the one and only Maze Jackson. Welcome back to the show, Maze Jackson.
0: Big Ben, I must really be doing something right if I made it back to show. I am excited to be here always. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Uh, let's mix it up. And let me just say shout out to my man, Steve James. Uh, shout out to Zach Piper. Shout out to the whole City So Real team, Amara, Inya, and everybody who made that thing a reality. I was in Sundance last year, uh, right before COVID. And I must tell you that City So, I didn't, you know, sometimes you're a part of something and you don't realize uh, how big of a deal it is until afterwards, until someone else tells you. And so I just want to thank Steve James and the whole crew for giving me the opportunity to uh, shine.
1: Yeah. And uh, I just got word. Steve sent me a text today, right before we uh, started the interview, telling me that uh, Michael Phillips, the uh, Tribune, Uh, movie critic put it on his top 10 list. Number five should be number one, but whatever number five uh, on Michael Phillips. So thank you, Michael Phillips for doing that. Congratulations, Steve James, as I told Steve, it almost makes up uh, for the dumb comments that Chris Jones, the Tribune uh, drama critic makes uh, in that series. I don't know if you know that maze, but with that Chrissy Hefner scene, which I almost lost my lunch on, (laughs) all, all these rich white people are extolling the virtues of Rahm Emanuel and Mayor Daly and the old boy, the banker is like, Ed Brooks, a great guy. I never saw him do anything wrong. How about that, Mace Jackson? And Chris Jones is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a theater critic. I'm going to a- talk about politics.
0: Hey, man, this is the Chicago way, man. And I think that what uh, City So Real did was give us an inside look at the remnants. Yeah. And I got to say the remnants of the Chicago way. Uh, because right of uh, the old Chicago way, I think our new, our mayor is giving us a new Chicago way, but we'll talk about that a little yeah. bit later. Let's stick the city so real for now. We'll, we'll, we'll
1: get into Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, and the Anjanette Young uh, situation, mayor, which is breaking as we speak and changing. Mayor Liger,
0: Lightfoot, you mean?
1: Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> that's uh, Mays Jackson. We'll uh, May, Jackson. L- well, right that, wait, uh, hold on. I mean, I will give you the quiz I've given everybody else in the show. That will come. You then, will answer the uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot quiz. I will give that to you regarding her statement. Uh, but I think before we get uh, to Ed Jeanette Young and what's gone down with her and the police raid and the, the, the video and the lawsuits and Mayor Lori Lightfoot's sort of shifting take on it, let's connect it to City So Real, Maze because there is a definite connection between one and the same. City So Real uh, begins. It's a story, as I've said many times, urge everybody to watch it of the uh, 2019 mayoral run uh, when Mayor Rahm stepped down, and the reason he stepped down, Mayor Jackson, you know this as well as I do, is that he knew he would lose. He would not no, win that he election.
0: Stepped down because he was going to lose. He stepped down because he wanted to spend more time with his lovely wife, Amy Rule. He was an empty nester, and they wanted to travel the world, and he wanted to bike around uh, Lake. Michigan, I thought. I thought he had things he wanted to accomplish.
1: Oh, you're right. I sit correct. He wanted to spend more time with his family. That's why he stepped up. My, my, my bad, as the youngsters say, Mays Jackson. Anyway, he would have lost if he had run. And uh, But the reason is what is that the black community, the city of Chicago, having been suckered in 2011 and 2015, yes, Mays Jackson, I said it, uh, and voted for Rom, got evidence of his duplicity uh, with the Laquan McDonald video, the shooting of Laquan McDonald, uh, and Rom concealed evidence of the shooting, concealed the videotape, until after a judge forced him, Mays Jackson, forced him to release it in a FOIA case, a Freedom of Information case. There are parallels to what's going down right now with Anjanette Young. And I recall there's a very powerful moment in the movie City So Real, where you on your radio show are counting down 16. Remember, you remember that scene, Mays? Why don't you uh, talk about the impact of Laquan McDonald, the video uh, uh, on the Chicago political scene? Go ahead.
0: So, you know, it's funny. I was, it's funny that you bring this up on my show on 1570. uh, Let me back up. Ben, I was talking about this this morning on my show. And while I was talking about it, I thought that it was really uh, we were ranking the most historic things that happened in black Chicago over the last 50 years. Now, what drove this was I was reading the 50 most uh, biggest moments in Chicago history um, from Chicago magazine. And so I, you know, obviously I always say what's in it for the black people. So I said, Hey, let me, let me uh, take this and let me switch it to black folks. And we were trying to figure out what were the most impactful things that happened to the black community. And we said, uh, over the last 50 years, first was Harold Washington. Second was the daily two era because it, it ushered out the end of black power Forever in this politically. And then number three was Laquan McDonald, uh, the murder of Laquan McDonald and the subsequent fallout from that. Um, And so when we talk about Laquan McDonald and the 16 shots, I will never forget that Wednesday morning, no, that Tuesday morning, when I saw the tape, I was on the air spilling in and I saw the the saw and heard the 16 shots while I was One air. And it sent me into after two large giant cups of coffee, it sent me into a a freaking tirade that eventually led to what became known as Black Friday, where people in the black community who had never worked together, who had not worked together since Harold Washington came together to shut down Michigan Avenue. Mm -hmm. But the most poignant thing out of that was watching those 16 shots. Now, we couldn't hear them uh, on the video, but watching Laquan McDonald be shot and then watching him fall and watching his body jump and the smoke coming off of his body was very hard to capture in radio. And so what I thought was, could you imagine what it would sound like to hear 16 shots? from a gun and we didn't we didn't do it automatic we slowed it down because we wanted you to think about every remember when they were reading off the verdict and they kept saying count of man uh, attempted or murder one and every shot and we wanted you to hear and feel every single shot and by the time you after the third one it's enough so if you can imagine by the time you get to 16 every time we played that people would call and say don't play it again stop it's driving me to tears. It's making me, but it was those 16 shots, hearing them, because we could only see them, hearing them audibly, knowing, and then connecting them to the body that dropped on the ground, in my estimation, created a radio moment that was unmatchable. Um, and those 16 shots, 16 shots in a cover-up really, in my estimation, set the stage for the other four episodes because it ended on those 16 shots. And I think when, you, when I was sitting in the theater watching people, imagine that uh, we don't have that. Yeah. anymore. But I just remember sitting in the audience and the people in front of me uh, who had never heard or weren't. And we were in Utah. So you can imagine what that crowd looked like. <laughs> they jumped every shot. They, they yeah. were like punching every shot. And it was exactly what I wanted to give because I felt like until you really understood the gravity of somebody pulling the trigger and putting 16 bullets in an innocent person with no weapon. Uh, I thought it was I thought it really kind of set the stage for everything else that would happen in the film.
1: And, and you're absolutely correct, because it does. It's a very uh, powerful sort of opening. Uh, and so much of the election uh, that Steve James uh, followed in 2019 uh, dealt with themes that were raised by the Laquan McDonald shooting, uh, the 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 cover up that you talked about, the length of time it took to um, uh, indict Van Dyke, the length of time it took uh, to have the trial, just the separation of Chicago into camps like those who would support uh, Van Dyke no matter what. Uh, people in the black community who are outraged and uh, white North siders who are barely paying attention, you know, because it doesn't affect their lives. All of that is on is is displayed uh, in the context of the election uh, that Steve James followed. Now, Mays, how much, in your opinion, was Lori Lightfoot's election in 2019 a result? Of the Laquan McDonald shooting?
0: So I would say that 100% of her election was a result of the Laquan McDonald shooting because that's what kicked, that's what made Romm not run again. Because quite frankly, if that tape had not been, had not run again, had not run, I believe that Rom would have run and won again uh, in the black community. And he was on the same path that. Uh, former Mayor Daly was, who really did not get. Well, actually, Rom won all. The only reason Rom has ever been the mayor was because of the black vote, and so I think that after that, he. I mean, I think he had no sh- shot after that because he lost his core constituency. Um, so that, I think that's. Did I answer your question there? I'm sorry. Yes. No. You answer my question. I would just say I would make uh, uh, the
1: difference between Rom and Daly and the. Uh, uh, in the black vote Daly initially won Richard M. Daly initially won despite the black vote, which was against him. Rom won because the black vote he won black two Jackson. for two because of black people in the city of Chicago. And he paid him back by burying that video Mays Jackson.
0: So I would tell you as Mays Jackson, as we, as black power continues to be eroded uh, in the city of Chicago through uh undocumented immigrants, through the Latinos, through HDO, the font, the derivatives of that, and now the new Latino mafia that is being formed by uh, Chuy Garcia, I would tell you that my whole, in my estimation, Rahm was the lesser of two evils. We have seen in black Chicago um, the ability of white Irish men to pit black people against Latinos and quite frankly, team up with the Latinos to squeeze us out of power. All you got to do is look at what happened during HDO. And so in my, during the HDO era, and so in my estimation and plenty of us, plenty black folks who decided that in politics, the choice is not between right and wrong. It's often between wrong and wronger. It was, do we, do we hold with Rom, keep him weak and then have the opportunity to run a black mayor, Again, because remember, we were thinking Karen Lewis was going to be there. And so there was an opportunity to win there. Well, then when they pull the switcheroo, what, you want us to just jump and vote for the third stringer? Because he said he was down with, because uh, he said he was down with Harold 20 years ago. Well, look at where he wound up now. He's probably Madigan's strongest ally right now. And so from our, from the calculation that most black people that I knew made the decision, they held their nose and voted for ROM unless they were connected or affiliated with CTU. You know about that, Ben. Uh, <laughs> but unless you were affiliated or connected with that group, yeah. I don't think you could have gotten all the black people to vote for Karen Lewis. I do not think that you, I think <laughs> there are tensions, real existing, real time uh, tensions that exist in the black and Latino communities that rhyme by picking Chewy Garcia, uh, CTU pretty much cannibalized that opportunity. Right, but well, I, I do agree yeah. with you 100% that Daily One in spite of uh, black folks and that was because Tim, but they were smart enough to get promised Tim Evans the judgeship, right? And so when you look, uh, being the chief judge, which then forever kept us out of the thing, you have two black candidates and then you change it into a nonpartisan election. So now the white guy has always gotten the bench because the black vote is always split. Yeah. So I agree with you on that summation, Ben. Uh, but I do think that there was a little bit more calculation. Who knew out of all of this? Lori Lightfoot would emerge, so, Jesus
1: Christ. No, I wouldn't have predicted that, and I'll I'll hold back on uh, taking a deep dive with you in the 2015 election, uh, and the fact that you did not uh, get behind uh, Chewie Garcia for whatever reason, and yes, I was for Karen Lewis, I put it out there, I'm not hiding it, I love Karen Jennings Lewis, and she would have mopped the floor. Uh, Would have mopped the floor with Rahm Emanuel. And it would have been about the only thing that Maze Jackson and I would agree on, as both of us would have been for carrying Jennings Lewis in 2015. Is that correct, Maze Jackson? Huh?
0: Depending on who had the most money. (laughs) (laughs) At least
1: you're honest. And by the way, that was a beautiful riff he did on HDO. And if you weren't old like I am and didn't know the no? You wouldn't know that Mace Jackson and the former head of HCO, Victor Reyes, were once partners and pals. But we We move on from
0: that. Can I tell you what? I would tell you right now to this day, and people will fall out of their chair. The most political learning that I ever had in my entire career, uh, and I would tell you that I was a practitioner of the dark arts for for the Democratic Party, I learned more about politics and power in three years with Victor Reyes than I did in 20 years working for black elected officials. Um, And so in the fact in that, uh, I would tell you that you cannot help but respect the power base that they were able to build. And I would tell you that, quite frankly, if it was not for me being partners or working with Vic, there probably would not be an organization called What's in it for the Black People, because I would have just been happy taking the scraps and the crumbs until you realize that these guys were playing for big bucks. You know, when I watched the last map and they compromised, I watched them negotiate $100 million deal with Speaker Madigan to keep the black people their votes and they built 10 more schools. And now 10 years later, which flew by, they are coming back to come back and get those areas with 10 schools. Mm-hmm. So I would tell you that probably and, you know, I, I hate to say this out loud. I don't hate to say it. That guy is probably one of the smartest political guys Ever. And I think one of the challenges that we have in the black community is uh, we don't have people that are unabashedly, they don't, they are completely about the acquisition of power and resources for their community. Uh, And I would tell you that HDO, if that was their objective, they were very successful. And damn it, we need somebody like that in the black community to do something closer.
1: Yeah, Uh, that was a great riff, too. And I got to tell you this. You reminded, just listening to you, uh, brought back memories of one of the first conversations. I think the first conversation I ever had with the late Michael Scott. And he was working for, this is before your time, Maze, And Michael Scott uh, was working for Richie Daly when he was running for mayor against Harold Washington. And I was covering the Richie Daly campaign. And Michael Scott, when you were going on that riff, was sounding just like you Twenty years before you, before now, where he said the problem with the black community is that it does not have uh, a powerful, what, visionary leader that can represent this uh, in this game of politics uh, that we're now engaged in, and he was hoping to be that man within the Daily Camp. He uh, misjudged it. Harold Washington won, uh, but when I, when you were going on that riff, it brought back memories of
0: that conversation I had back in nineteen. 83. Is there a tape of that, Bill? What's that? Is there a tape of that? Is there somewhere I can read that? I'd love to read it. But think about this. His legacy lived on, right? Where you don't see Mike Scott, his son, is now in an aldermanic spot. And I don't necessarily say that that's 100% the transfer of power. But what I will tell you is that um, what we saw from Michael Scott, well, besides the his unfortunate demise, was that unlike most black politicians, Michael Scott got the favor returned to him. His loyalty was rewarded, right? That doesn't really happen for black people. There's really not a path forward for black young professionals who are not willing to literally bend over and kiss the ass of rich white Irish guys. Um, And so, again, what you find is that those black men or black people that are looking for a way forward either avoid the party or they find an alliance with somebody white and rich that allow or white and connected that gets them to the top of the pile. There is no black person that can really help you right now.
1: All right, we're going to, I could see when we come back in January, we're going to have a great conversation about Speaker Madigan and the Black Legislative Caucus and why they're doing what they're doing as opposed to just having Chris Welsh or somebody from the Black Caucus run for Speaker.
0: What? what? (laughs) I think that's something. They trained us well. Then I'm going to, that's why I say that the Daily 2 era, Was probably the second most important thing that happened to Black people after Harold Washington was daily too, because he literally destroyed our teeth. I mean, there are no teeth in the Black political class. Yeah.
1: Well, I just want to say this, and we're gonna move. We're gonna update it. Uh, Monroe Anderson comes on my show every Wednesday. Monroe Anderson was press secretary to Gene Sawyer, and from time to time we relive the history of Gene Sawyer and Tim Evans and why so many people got so hoodwinked <laughs> by the notion that there was some kind of difference between Tim Evans and Eugene Sawyer that warranted having uh, a feud within the black community that led to Daily. I'll never understand. But let's move on. Uh, let's let's just update things and connect. Can I
0: just tell you real quick on this, Ben, on that point? And I promise I won't go. The late, great Conrad Worrell, uh, before he passed, told me, literally in his way, You know what? We fucked up. Yes, he did. (laughs) He literally said out of his mouth, shut the fuck. If you know Conrad, shut the fuck up, motherfucker. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, we fucked up. We fucked up. We didn't understand and we gave the shit away. We yeah. had it all and we gave all the shit away and that is essentially what happened. Okay. Yeah, we-
1: the, if you want to know how good an imitation that is of the late great Conrad World that Maze Jackson just did, just go check out the interview I did with Conrad uh, last year, obviously before he passed, the late great Conrad World, giving me grief as he always does and always did for something I never, whatever was on his mind and that was a great imitation of him, Maze. All right, let's tie it all together. And Jeanette Young, uh, and I know you were talking about this on your show, uh, and you've already coined a, a nickname for Lori Lightfoot for her role. And uh, the, the part that's just unbelievable, and I guess it. why am I surprised I've been living in, town, in Chicago since 1981, mayors never learn. Mays Jackson, they never, ever learn. And Lori Lightfoot seems to be repeating the same ways that Mayor Rahm She's doing this with Anjanette Young as uh, and what Mayor Rahm did with Laquan McDonald tape. So why don't why don't you? Uh, I guess we should do. I'm I, I pretty sure all my uh, political junkies that listen to this show know what's going on, but why don't you uh, just sort of tell people the background of the Anjanette Young police raid that has led us today? Go ahead.
0: Okay. Approximately two years ago, uh, black woman Anjanette Young had returned home from work. Uh, and had taken off all of her clothes, literally naked at her home, um, getting ready to get into the shower. And she heard the door broke down, uh, and 12 Chicago police officers stormed in, arrest, not arrested her, locked her up, completely naked, and for 20 minutes they rifled through her home, and, um, they rifled through her home, searching saying that they were on a search warrant for her because they had been told that a young man who actually lived next door that was under that was under police monitor uh, was living in the house. So they went into the wrong house. But for Ben for 20 minutes, this woman tries to plead with them, twelve white officers, as they leave her standing naked, screaming. This is not me, please, can I explain to you? And as the cops walk by, again, you watch the video, here is, it's blanked out, but here is a, has to be a 56 to 60-year-old black woman, completely naked, screaming as she is being, as her house is being ransacked by 12 police officers, who then later determined on the body cam that we saw in footage that they were at the wrong place. Now, what I would tell you is this, this is Brianna Taylor, but she lives. Essentially, there was a no-knock warrant, uh, there was a no-knock warrant issued in which this black woman was was held by police naked for 20 minutes. They didn't bother to cover up her until later. And as she was standing there full frontal nude, all of this was recorded on body camera until they realized they made a mistake and they turned off the body camera. Now, fast forward to Yesterday, CBS2 tries to run the story because Anne Jeanette has been um trying to get this the footage released because she is trying to get settlement with the police. Essentially, Ben, the city then goes to court, the legal counsel goes to court to sue to have Miss have her uh sanctioned by the court for releasing the tape. Mayor Lori Lightfoot then comes on and says she, first of all, she said it didn't happen. Then she said she didn't know about it until yesterday. Well, Ben, you know, we can all read the agreements. Let's just be clear. The chief, Le- the, the corporation counsel, Mark Fleissner, same white guy who lives in Naperville, who was driving on the underground rail on the underground road to go to the South Loop to avoid traffic, but maintains a residence in Naperville then goes to court to block the video from being released. Now, you gotta, you got to ask yourself, does the mayor know this? We know that the Corporation Council doesn't really make a move without talking to the mayor. Am I crazy? Am I correct?
1: You are correct, sir.
0: Well, the Corporation Council files a motion to have the woman have Anjanette Angel- sanctioned for releasing the tape or trying to prevent CBS2 from releasing the tape. The mayor goes into immediate lie, cover, and protect mode (laughs) to protect the police officers and her corporation council without really being concerned about Anjanette Young. If you watched today's city council meeting, then you saw members of the a socialist party stand up and go in on the mayor and the mayor basically accused them all of lying and not knowing the facts, not acting like we didn't all watch the fucking tape, right? Like we all watched the tape, Madam mayor, there's a the tape. Um, then to watch that woman screaming there completely naked, all I could think of was sister Jackson coming home from church and the front door being busted open by police and nobody even having the fucking common decency to wrap her up in a blanket so she doesn't have to stand there naked. As they walk by, 12 white men and women walk by ogling her as she is crying at the top of her lungs like, please listen to me. You know, it reminded me, Ben, of, you know, I thought of Venus Hottentot AKA Sarah Bartman. I also thought of all of the slave movies that I've watched where a black woman slave is put up on an auction block and white men inspect her to see if she's got baby making hips and all of that stuff. The way that they walked past her and just let her scream and with with not even a bit of compassion. And then to watch the mayor wave her finger and wag at us and tell us that it didn't happen. We didn't know what the facts and that her people were not blocking it. When there's a fucking court, hey, there's like, it's in writing. Then today she does an apology after saying that nobody knew what they were talking about. You do realize that also, she said that that woman had a lawyer. So she should have, they, they asked for the, the $300,000 and so she was represented so she got what she deserved. And it just watching Mayor Lightfoot as supposedly a black woman who throughout the Breonna Taylor case was using it to pummel uh, Donald Trump, who conveniently stands up and is a black woman when it's time to take an attack, but did not was callous and really sued to block this tape from coming out. It really is no different to me than what Rahm Emanuel did with Laquan McDonald, with the exception that he lived. That she lived. I would tell you, Ben, that I almost... I'm not going to say I feel worse, but I cannot imagine a black senior having to be subject to that and the mayor of the city of Chicago defending a white boy from Naperville. And when today, when they asked her at the press conference, is there any potential hirings A uh, potential firings? Is there any repercussions for the people who did this? She's like, no, I talked to him and he made a mistake and we'll fix it for next time. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I I I am hoping that this is her Waterloo moment. Mayor Lightfoot has Mayor Liar Lightfoot. In my estimation, is is a Chicago version of Donald Trump.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: In that she does not really speak from facts. She lambasts people, she calls people's names, she wags fingers, she does not back up her information with facts. She gets very blustery, jumps all in people's faces, and then has to dial it back because she's wrong. You know, Ben, I cannot honestly put my finger on one tangible benefit for black people with Mayor Lightfoot as our mayor. As a matter of fact, I think that she has become the perfect person to slide us all the way off the cliff. Black, I feel like black people have lost power and have lost their standing in this city. And I believe that Mayor Lightfoot give, creates the perfect environment. Black, woman, gay, LGBT, to be able to do and say all of the things that a white man could not say or do to black people. Can you imagine if there was a white man mayor and that happened?
1: Hmm. Well, let's just, uh, no, I can't.
0: I mean, this, we, we had Mayor
1: Rahm, we had Mayor Rom, and we, we saw it, I, I mean, I can imagine it because we went through this with Mayor Rahm, this is the point I made,
0: city's so real. But Rahm, Rahm would have been smart enough to jump on the cops. Right? Ron, that, at least in that space, would not have tried. To, like, like, to me, this was a layup for the mayor.
1: This Wait, time out. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. I'm just going to have to stop you right there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to have to stop you right there. Go ahead. Because it, it may have been a layup for Ron, but it was he didn't make that layup in 2015, if I may use your basketball analogy. In 2015, he tried the
0: same thing. He I buried the tape. That's I what he did. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Right. However, I would say that had Rahm taken the tape, came out with the And let me back up. Rahm's tape came in an election year. Right. Like he literally was in an election. If there was three years to go. Three years. My bet is, and I'm not, I'm not even a bet on this fucker because I don't care about what Ron would do. Yeah. What I will tell you is that, and and I don't even want to be in the in the business of defending Ron Emanuel's actions. So let me, <laughs> <out>. let, me, <laughs> let me let me let me just hit the reverse on that and back yeah. out. Let me just suggest that Mayor Lightfoot had an opportunity to win here. Yeah, she could have very easily snapped on the police officers, called for everybody involved to get fired. Uh, Lambasted her legal counsel, fired somebody. You know, Daly would have fired somebody. And at that point, she could have claimed the moral high ground. Instead, she chose to lie. As there are not court documents, she's still maintaining. Ben, do you are you do you believe that the mayor said today at least five times that the first time she saw that tape or even heard about it?
1: Wait, it wait, hold that- on. I'll give you the the quiz. Okay, you're the second person to take this quiz on the Ben Jarofsky show. And every day for probably at least a week, people come on the show, will take the quiz. And I have in front of me, Mace Jackson, you can't see because I got this ancient computer that doesn't have a camera in it, but I will get a new computer, ladies and gentlemen, for the new year. All right. <laughs> I have in front of me a photocopy of a statement released last night at 8 30 PM by the city of Chicago's press office. It's a statement from mayor. Lori Lightfoot, and I will now read to you the opening of that statement, okay? I did this for Monroe Anderson earlier today. I do it for you today. Whoever my guest is for tomorrow, I'll do it for them. And I will ask you as a longtime resident of the city of Chicago and political operative who's been following politics his whole life, been a political junkie since he was a young scholar at Bowling Brook High School. You've been a political junkie. I wanna know your response to this. Here we go. I am now going to read the statement from our mayor. Okay, this is by our mayor. All right, here we go. Quote, today I became aware of an incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young from February 2019 before I became mayor. And I saw a video today for the first time. I had no knowledge of the either until today. I had a very emotional reaction to what was depicted on the video, as I imagine that many people did. Since this matter is subject of litigation and an open COPA investigation, I will have no further comment, end of quote. So the question for you, Mace Jackson, no ducking, no dodging. When Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued this statement last night at 8:30 and said that she that day became aware for the first time of the existence of the tape and the existence of Anne Jeanette Young. Do you believe she was telling the truth, Mays Jackson? Go.
0: Fuck no. <laughs> How's that? Can we curse? Yeah, he a podcast. Well, no, she was not telling the truth. I, she didn't tell us the truth this summer when the when she said that she didn't see the south or west side go up. She didn't tell us the truth this summer when she released the gangs to attack black people who they thought were coming to their neighborhoods. The mayor has already established herself as a liar, so why would I believe this press release? Think about the fact that she said today. How many times did she say today in that press conference, in that press release? Five, four. She's <laughs> lying.
1: All right, I just had to ask you that. Uh, the way Monroe wait, wait,
0: wait, it, did I fail or did I did I pass? What you passed.
1: Point? You passed. Monroe. The way I, Monroe is very smart. He said, "I think the mayor misspoke."
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, because Monroe was the press secretary for for, for uh,
1: Eugene for Sawyer. For
0: Sawyer. So you know he had to be swift on his feet.
1: Yeah, no, he knew. He's a a very smart guy. Here's the thing, Mays. I always said this about Mayor Rahm in regards to Laquan McDonald. People always said, they go, I had this argument so many times with so many people. They go, Ben, you don't understand how politics works in the city of Chicago. Mayor Rahm had to withhold that release of that video showing the policeman killing Laquan McDonald because if that was released before the election, all the black people would voted against him. And I always go, no, wait, I always go, no, what you don't understand, the right thing to do is to release evidence of a murder. If you release evidence of a murder of a black man by a white police officer, black people are gonna applaud you because you did the right freaking thing, Mays Jackson. And the right thing in this case would have been for Lori Lightfoot to have released that video from the moment she was aware of it. Do you agree with me? Yes or no? Oh, she was aware. No, but do you agree with me that the right thing to do would be to release the video?
0: Oh yeah. hundred percent. I hundred percent agree. And I think that if you, Black people are the most most forgiving people in the world, and they want to be accepted. So, if Rahm Emanuel would have came out and delivered that tape and said, "Hey, it was the white; these cops did this, and we're going to get them," just like if Lori would have done the same thing, I think she would have been the people's champ. She would have been on your show talking about well, it. No, she wouldn't have been on my show because she she tried to get me banned from you. That's why I have a different show now. Yes, remember uh- you watched for real. Uh, I talked about I told the truth about the mayor uh, that we found out about months later and in the meantime, I was censored. So, and she put her goon squad on trying to ensure that nobody does work with me. So, no, I wouldn't, no.
1: Uh, By the way, the the first time Mays was on this show and i urge everybody when they're done listening to this to go check it out because it's a great interview if i'm gonna say so myself he tells the whole story about what happened to him and his radio career and he lays it all out uh so i urge everybody to uh to see it i also uh in city so real bringing it back to city so real in the final episode which is a brilliant episode but i mean my
0: personal favorite is
1: the final episode
0: um i felt th- they were rushed a bit Except it did. I love the star of that episode, but I did feel like I got rushed a bit. <laughs> wait, you're the star? I thought Neil, I would say that Neil
1: Salas Griffin is sort of the star. That's crazy.
0: I'm the star of that goddamn series. Wait,
1: Maze, when Neil goes, uh, went to his aunt's house in the middle of the pandemic,
0: come on, admit you had a tear in your eye. Admit even you, Maze Jackson, had a tear in your eye. No, no? I didn't. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> Let me just say this. I do need to say this, though. Neil Sellers Griffin has to be one of the genuine is nicest guys that I have met in the political realm. And I will tell you that when I saw him running for mayor, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> because you're too nice for this shit. Yeah. Like you're, you you really want to help. And really bro. And so I know I, I'm the fucking star of this whole goddamn thing. Let me just be clear. I was okay, like, actually, I, I, was upset. I was upset with Steve that he forgot me in three of the episodes, and I was like, man, if you don't put me in the last one, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah,
1: well at least he took it a uh, uh, Sundance, so you know, and, you got
0: some. I got to Sundance, and now I'm all I'm I'm pissed off about this gosh darn uh, freaking COVID because I feel like we were gonna be in the running for an Oscar, and now I'm gonna have to take the, I'm gonna have to be ex- taking my big moment as an Oscar winning actor, uh, from freaking from freaking zoom. Yeah.
1: Hey, by the way, all of a sudden you're cleaning up your language. Gosh darn. You've been dropping the F bomb left and right. All of a sudden gosh darn
0: (laughs) man. That's my bowling brick coming out, buddy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Bowling. He is the pride and joy of bowling brick. All right. right, Maze Jackson. Um, So we're going to close by you telling folks where they can uh, listen to your show and how they can follow you. And if you want to hear more of Mays Jackson, where do you have to go? And uh, so take it away and give a promo.
0: Hey, so first of all, let me say thank you to Ben Jurafsky. Uh, ben, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thanks to Dennis for getting me the email as well. Hey, I'm Maze Jackson. You can catch me every day, Monday Monday through Friday, from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. on the Mays Jackson page, on Facebook, and on YouTube, where we are we have launched the What's in it for the Black People media network. We have 12 hours of programming every day, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We If you are... Looking to talk or discuss issues that impact the Black community? Check us out on the Maze Jackson page, as well as on Facebook, on YouTube, on Maze Jackson. Also, you can catch me every every Monday through Friday on fifteen seventy a.m. Uh, that is WBGX, where we simulcast our broadcast. Also, you can follow me on you can follow me on Twitter at Maze That's at M A Z J A C. Or on Instagram at Maze Jackson said, "Hey Ben, it is always a pleasure to be with you. Hey bro, I'm glad to come over to our studios. Are you are you working from the office? Are you going into the studios still? No, man,
1: I am in my attic overlooking a porta potty in the alley, and I have been such since the pandemic hit. And I'm like, uh, I'm I'm so afraid of this pandemic, Maze. I am so afraid of COVID. I cannot tell you. I only go out at night." And uh, I spend my days in this attic. Dennis is in his apartment until I get that all clear sign. And I'm not even sure I'm going to believe the all clear sign when I get it. I'm not leaving.
0: I'm not going anywhere. So let me ask you a question, Ben. Go ahead. So do you have a delivery service or how does that work for you? I mean, are you like, you know, they that cannabis has become, you know, the, <laughs> of the world now. So I got to ask you, if you stay in the house, how do you, how do you get your fix?
1: Let me, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, let me tell you, the, the first time Mays was so nice to invite me to his show. We had a legendary debate and I I wish it was taped somewhere so we could play yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Mays is trying to explain to me that black people smoke reefer differently than white people. I've been making fun of him for that ever since. Uh, This was back in 2011, I want to say, Mays Jackson, or 2012, somewhere like that. I wish you could get that. Yeah, Mays and Monique. That was the first time. I got it. All right, let's unveil it. The next time you're on the show, uh, to answer your question, I smoked so much reefer in the 70s that I don't have to smoke anymore. Every now and then I just have a, a counter high, it just hits me from back. Oh I go backlash from 1978.
0: You mean so. that's just you, straight no chaser? <laughs> Goodness gracious, yep. man. You probably ain't smoking. You probably what I gotta find out what energy you got, man. You that that's some powerful Red Bull you got over there
1: it's red bull from 1979 yeah it's still sticking around it's still in my system i don't think i could pass any test i smoked so much in the 70s it's still in there i'd flunk every day but now it's legal and
0: guess what white,
1: white people, people are, are selling it bill-
0: white <laughs> people are making billions of dollars on it while the people who went to jail yes. for it Do you realize that, and I'm going to say this, this is your mayor, Lori, Liar Lightfoot, who told us that she would make sure that black people got a piece of the cannabis business. Uh, Between her and the state, do you realize that right now the cannabis capital of the world Mm-hmm. Will be in Chicago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know, yeah. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace uh, that somehow or other. In fact, you and Ricky Hendon see eye to eye in because we were just talking about this last week when he, uh, or two weeks ago when he was on the show. But uh, Vincent Norman uh, as well, I'll give a shout out to him. Yes, this is an outrage. And uh, pff, it, it wouldn't happen under Mayor Washington. That's for sure.
0: Can I just say this on the Mayor Washington thing, Ben? And, Go ahead. Um, yeah. You know, Mayor Washington is a folk hero in the black community that, in my estimation, has kept us in a state of paralysis. Uh, I think that we spend more time looking back. And I, I let me say that Harold Washington was probably the greatest politician from Chicago ever, and I'm never going to take away from that. But I do I am concerned that the Harold Washington moment has stunted our growth and we are always looking backwards. Uh, Even white guys, Chewy still comes to us and talks to us about what he did with Harold Washington. And he's had a 30 year legacy since that. So I just think that as much as we love Harold Washington and we must honor and revere him, uh, if black people are going to move forward, we got to take the lessons from that. But we got to move on because we keep looking back to the good old days, but we have to have a good uh, future. I'm trying to get up out of here at this point. If my wife was not the president of the Metropolitan Water Reclamation, I'd probably be somewhere in Texas right now.
1: Oh, my God, You know what? I'm not even gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just I just had a flashback of you giving me grief for riding a bicycle, and your wife is like this committed environmentalist, and you were like, "Why are you riding a bicycle?" Well, like, and, and she's like
0: like look, do you understand that like she tells me to turn the water off in the shower. and like she's she I like the flush quite a bit. She's like, uh, you should save those flushes. No, she is truly an environmentalist, and I am a capitalist pig.
1: Yes, man, they could make a a sitcom out of that marriage. Uh, I'm going to refrain from going into the Harold Washington thing because that'll be another topic for a conversation another day. I do believe that Harold should be an inspiration to everybody, white and black, uh, going forward, because he's the model, okay? And I'm not saying uh, just live in the past, Okay, I, I I hear you. You have to live in the present. I'm just saying he was the model, and so when I say what would like what would Harold do, would Harold have legal reefer in city of Chicago and not have black people having any any licenses? Mace Jackson, I don't think so. He opened up the bail. Man, it was only white people
0: that were doing bonds. For Harold, like, like, it's not hard law. They they, three, three black people doing bonds now. How does that change our life? John Reynolds right, and, and Jim Reynolds and John Rogers are rich, and we're all still fucked.
1: Okay, I will say this you're right, you have a valid point. <laughs> that's that's like that crazy. joke in the Dave I'm Chappelle special.
0: Three people can do it.
1: You're right, valid point. And you know what? I don't need to end with the final word. I'm going to let Mays have the final word and get that final jab in, which is a pretty good one. So Mays Jackson, thank you very much for being on the show. And I'm not going to let as much time pass between your next appearance. All right.
0: That sounds great. And if you're going to be a scaredy cat, we don't know if we're going to get you on, we'll get you on what's in the front of black people media, but you, we going to have to figure out a, a zoom place to your alley alley basement you got internet over there don't you <laughs>
1: yeah i got the internet and by the time next year i'll have a, a camera in my computer all right that's Mays jackson i'm ben jarofsky take care everybody